BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. My family thinks I'm crazy. podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff the people you love most because that's what i've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success i've been telling everybody that i give them in a shade but every time i do my family thinks i'm crazy the hollow earth who are those aliens invading pour it in the water they spray our skies daily when i talk about these things they think i'm crazy there's no escaping anymore the evil that we're facing illuminati mind control they're sacrificing babies the end of days but anyways my family thinks i'm crazy what they don't want to listen they don't want to listen. They don't want to hear it. They're just like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with you. Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? pimp game you know on on these these kids and the analogy is a pimp is somebody that runs unethically manipulative techniques on women to get them to turn over their money to them ostensibly for protection okay and this is essentially in a nutshell the same game that the government is running on their populations to get them to semi-voluntarily turn over a portion of their income for product protection and so in, in the same way that many women and undoubtedly men, some men become psychologically and, and financially dependent upon the pimp, many men and women become psychologically and financially dependent upon the government. And even when the women are abused or lied to by the pimp, many will stay loyal because the pimp is running these unethically manipulative techniques on them. And the same way that the government can lie to you and abuse you, many people will stay loyal because they're compacted into kind of a Stockholm syndrome where they become to believe it's their station or their place. And that was Etienne de la Boutique Squared, author of Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed, and the founder of the Art of Liberty Foundation. He joined me, Mystic Mark, here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this conversation 
with Etienne de la Bouti Square. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are in the swing of things on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast and back again, someone who I've met in person at Porcupine Fest, a friend of mine, we'll call him by his pen name for now, Etienne de la Bautier Squared is back on the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast. And if you haven't already picked up his book, Government, The Biggest Scam in History, Please go do yourself a favor, do your family a favor, grab yourself a copy of this, and we will be good to go. We are good. I record on my mixer and OBS, so we don't use Zoom. No need to fear. I will edit this part out, but if you haven't already gotten the book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History, Exposed now in its fifth edition here to talk about it etienne de la Bautier squared welcome to the show brother welcome back how have you been hey mark it, I've, I've been good and it's good to be with you and your audience yet again right on so you have a fifth edition now obviously a lot's changed even in just this small span of time that we know each other just a couple of years a lot's changed was there any impetus for putting out a fifth edition outside of making revisions and what was there information that you had to add that w- the book wouldn't have been right without it well yeah a couple of things so the book is really designed to wake up your friends your family your colleagues as to how what i, I call intergenerational organized crime uses government as a technique to rob and control populations and so I look at it a little bit like like an edged weapon that I keep honing and making a little bit better and a little bit more effective. And so so in every in every new edition we add more and more information, we fine tune some of the verbiage, we make it a little bit more palatable to to folks, we try and get rid of stuff that is that that normies find offensive to a degree and we just kind of keep trying to improve it and we keep stacking up the evidence of government criminality government illegitimacy and to the point of where it's 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 hard to ignore and we do a lot with memes i think we got the funniest memes in liberty we do a lot with visualizations because a visualization can make something that was invisible now visible. And so we're constantly updating and improving those visualizations, kind of keeping everything current with the current president, precedent, president. And so, so that needed to be done. And then finally, we really wanted to bring it into the, to the, we wanted to help people understand the scam of the COVID and so my original goal was to, to have a kind of an entire section on the COVID. And the book was almost a year late because the more and more research that we were doing for the COVID section of the book, 
the more evidence that we found of, of criminality, of foreknowledge, of disaster capitalism, of eugenics. And so that ended up, I, I ended, finally got to the point where I had to take the COVID section out and I'm going, I'm planning to turn that into like a book of its own. There's still things in the book that address the scam of the COVID and break down aspects of the scam of the COVID. But, you know, we have a substack at artofliberty.substack.com and we released all of the kind of research that we did into the COVID as a monograph that we call Solving COVID, the COVID-19 eugenics vaccine drug scam timeline. And our, our thesis is, is essentially the COVID was a eugenics operation. It was the manufactured engineered reason to that allowed this organized crime system that we'd been breaking down for four previous books to use its monopoly media system to trick people in to into handing over trillions of dollars to private banks and bailouts and stimulus and, and injecting people with what is now a bioweapon that has been conservatively estimated to have killed 20 million people worldwide. Keep in mind that COVID only supposedly killed 7 million people, but a lot of those people that died, died, quote unquote, with COVID. A lot of them were asymptomatic. A lot of them were elderly. A lot of them had pre-existing conditions. Many of them had anxiety issues. And that's kind of one of the untold stories of the COVID is that the third the third largest kind of condition of COVID was anxiety issues. So they literally scared people to death. They scared people into the hospital. They would trick them into taking medical interventions like ventilators or remdesivir that would lead to death or, or adverse events. They'd point to the death and adverse events as evidence of the COVID it was a it was a giant scam, but the system that was on top of that, the people that have been using government to rob and control society, they are eugenicists. They're this this idea of eugenics, the idea that you can improve humanity either by breeding better humans, which is called positive eugenics. It's kind of the, the Adolf Hitler version of eugenics, or one version of Hitler's eugenics, the Aryans breeding with Aryans to produce super Aryans kind of idea. But there's another kind of darker, twisted, poisonous idea of eugenics that, that you can reduce the world population and get rid of undesirable people by either sterilizing them, aborting them, or euthanizing them, or murdering them through tricking them into taking a bioweapon. And so we break down kind of the, the evidence and the scholarship that's behind that 20 million person claim, but if you take a look at all of the major vaccine reporting systems in the world, from the UK's yellow card system to the VAR system in the United States, to UDRA vigilance system in Europe, to the Australian system, if you just take those numbers, apply conservative underreporting factor, globalize the results, it's looking like there's about 20 million people that are dead from the vaccines and over a billion adverse offense. And that's starting to kind of leak out. There's popular books are now coming out like Edward Dowden's 
Cause Unknown book that has become a bestseller on Amazon and others. Insurance companies are essentially saying that all-cause mortality went up and they've had to report these dramatic increases of, of all-cause all mortality. And so I, li- I think a lot of this, this war in Ukraine and other things is, is trying to distract people away from all of the evidence that's coming out that the vaccines have killed way, way more people than supposedly the COVID. Yeah, it's it's really upsetting how people were just really, I mean, anxiety killed people, but people were entrained into accepting, I mean, in other words, a mass eugenicist plot, right? And this is something that has gone down, I mean, multiple times on different scales throughout the very recent history and into ancient history there are stories of certain viruses and whatnot being used against people in a warfare type scenario so this is nothing new but i wonder when it comes to this corrupt element within all governments because it's not just one government it's government itself as we have established in our first interview where does this eugenicist strain begin is this something that was born out of like these monarchies that had these ideas of supremacy sort of inlaid into their own culture and sort of transmodified into the modern age holding power on the same throne just behind a different stage so to speak so it, it's funny because we we break it down in the in this monograph that we released at artofliberty.substack.com, but the short version is is that this idea really kind of came to prominence in the early part of the kind of kind of around 1883. Sir Francis Galton, who was a cousin of Charles Darwin, he really coined the term. It means good genes. And, 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 and that idea became popularized. It became very, very popular in kind of the early part of the 1900s. And it was adopted by some of the, the wealthiest people in the world at the time. And so the, in 1902, the Carnegie Institution was founded by Andrew Carnegie, the guy that consolidated U.S. Steel. And his fortune has been estimated at between 300 and 400 billion adjusted for inflation. So like he, these, these, he makes Elon Musk and, and Bezos look like a pauper. John D. Rockefeller and his son, Jr., and they, they established the Rockefeller Foundation in 1913. And then he became even wealthier than Carnegie, and, and his fortune had been estimated at between 340 and 600 plus billion dollars if you adjust for inflation at the time. And I think it was really Rockefeller, Carnegie, and J.P. Morgan, those interests were the first to really take over the government, use that, their incredible, incredible wealth to begin buying off the politicians and controlling the media on a very large scale. The media had already been controlled. We break it down in government, the biggest scam in history, how even going back to the quote-unquote founding of the country, how the, the, the Federalists were collapsing newspapers, famously the Pennsylvania Herald that was reporting on the ratification debates. They were censoring mail from anti-Federalists. Uh, they, were, they apparently had bought off the stenographer 
of the Pennsylvania ratification debate. So we only published speeches written by the Federalists and not the Anti-Federalists. And so this this control of perception weapon, the ability to control perception, was already being used, but it was really in the kind of early part of the 1900s that 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 they were able to get the Federal Reserve in, they were able to legalize fractional reserve banking, which gave their banks, John D. Rockefeller owned Chase Manhattan Bank and J.P. Morgan is, of course, now J.P. Morgan Chase. But like, like to get in this crooked banking system that gives them this kind of unlimited capital to buy up and consolidate the world, that's really when I see the, that the government was taken over wholesale and begin to be begin to be operated like a machine, and you can we've got some great quotes in the book that that echo people of the time talking about their monopolization of the media, talking about how they're running the controlling all of the political puppets and, and using the government to to personally enrich themselves. But in 1915, they were going to try. They had a plan to sterilize almost 15 million people. And so you, you began to see that this, this kind of great wealth, there is this, this tremendous amount of wealth be used for eugenics purposes. And so in the, in the solving COVID, the COVID-19 eugenics vaccine drug scam timeline, we actually break down in a kind of timeline going forward how the, this, the COVID is nothing new. The, the original, I think the original... They, the, the first time they, they tried getting people sick with, with, with vaccines was the Spanish influenza. And a lot of people don't realize that the Spanish influenza started at a, at a, at a U.S. Army training facility at, called Camp Funston, which is part of Fort Riley, Kansas. And at that time, the son of John D. Rockefeller's right-hand man, Frederick T. Gates, his son, Frederick L. Gates, was a researcher at the Rockefeller Institute of Medical Research, and they began an injection campaign, allegedly for bacterial meningitis at Camp Funston. And then, and then in the coming kind of weeks and months, over 100 men a day began reporting to the base hospital. And by October of 1918, there were over 11,645 patients in the hospital, and they and and they had 948 deaths that month. And so the the other outbreaks of what became known as the Spanish flu started on these training camps, where you know, according to Dr. Eleanor McBean, who lived through the pandemic, she says it was the 14 to 25 shots that were given to the soldiers and then the public. And so that's really the first, I think, time that these eugenicists began tricking people into taking vaccines to to kind of cull the population. And then it just gets worse from there. So we we break down going through time how every every decade or so there would be other manufactured pandemics that weren't really pandemics. Some of them, the best known were swine flu, mirrors, AIDS, and others, where then the population gets tricked into harmful medical interventions and therapies with AIDS. It was AZT, 
And uh, with with the swine flu, it was a series of injections that led to neurological issues to where they had to abandon the program completely. Uh, and then all of these medical interventions, this organized crime system is invested in and is making money in the back door with obviously with the vaccines. It's, it's Pfizer, but it's also Gilead Sciences, which makes remdesivir that used to have that, that, that Donald Rumsfeld and George Schultz are associated with. They also made AZT for AIDS. And so this is, this is, this is, this is, this is the way they do it. We're going to have our regulatory captured agencies like the WHO, the NIAID, the NIH, and the CDC declare that there's a pandemic. We're going to have them recommend and buy medical interventions, vaccines, things like that, that make the problem worse. We're going to buy, we're going to have organizations like BARDA, which stockpiles drugs for the Pentagon and for the, the, the kind of like for emergency use pandemic things, buy these things until they expire, then buy them again until they expire, then buy them again. And so they're stealing trillions of dollars through government. This is just one kind of scam, but this is the, these obscene profits make it very easy to buy up the media and then the media goes along with it. And then everybody forgets about the last time that it happened. And so then they do, they run the same thing over again, but we just chronicle one example right after another. And then we break down who, who benefited how the money was made, and and we do it starting really in that Rockefeller era when they took over the government and the kind of medical establishment. They monopolized the all of the the, the doctors into the AMA. They took over the medical schools, and so they've been controlling medicine through this monopoly system. That you it has to you can't have you can't be a doctor unless you go to an accredited AMA university. You can't prescribe medicine if you don't go. You, you're, they're controlling the ability to prescribe. They're controlling the ability to be reimbursed by Medicare and Medicaid. They're controlling the ability to just get a medical degree. And so when you have that kind of top-level control, you're able to do a lot, a lot of mischief, and it makes them a lot, a lot of money. This is why I don't watch horror movies because there's already enough horrors going on in reality in the real world. This is frightening stuff, what's going on in the medical industry. It's really, it's problem-reaction-solution exemplar. You know, they just create a problem, they yep. know folks are going to react, and then they dissolve them. It's not a solution. Nobody's gaining from this third mm -hmm. result of the process. They get dissolved into this, ex whatever the experiment of the year is. And I remember when I was in high school, swine flu, we were like, oh, yeah, we don't have to go to school for two weeks. This is awesome. <laughs> and then to think that less than 10 years from then, we have kids in the same situation, but they're not getting two weeks off from school. They're nearly getting two years off of school. I mean, this is how invasive these programs have become that they literally shut down the world, grocery stores, schools. I mean, people were, their whole lives were flipped upside down because of this. And I mean, I know a lot of people are probably more skeptical than ever, 
but the loud minority of people who are fighting for these pharmaceutical companies against anyone who says anything anti you know what it's just it's it's absolutely astounding but i don't think that they can continue that regimen i wonder if you agree that people have sort of reached this i don't know what the right word critical mass of 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 realizing yeah there this is not to be trusted so I think we're getting there, and I, I don't think you're going to win everybody. It, it's it's hard to, I, I like to say, or like one of my running jokes during the COVID was there's there's really two Americas. There's the people that have figured out the government's a scam, that the media is lying to them, that the media is in on it, the government's illegitimate, they're being tax farmed. And then there's the other half that believes the media that doesn't, that is getting, because the name of the game is control perception. It's the most powerful weapon in the organized crime system arsenal to be able to control the information that people receive. And so if you haven't self-selected yourself out of that system and are getting your, your information from the developing voices of the alternative media on the uh, self-directed internet, if you're not going to the, if you haven't found the authentic voices and if you haven't developed discernment for kind of like what's going on, then, you know, the people that, you know, get their news from NPR and CNN and Fox News and CNBC, they're trapped in, a, in this kind of like fake paradigm. And you could tell who was who by who was really wearing a mask. And so really right now there's a, a fight going on for what I call the intelligentsia because the majority, I mean, I, I, I I don't want to say this callously, but, you know, the majority of people don't really matter in the sense that the people that are glued to the couch watching television and for hours on end, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to take action. They're just followers of what other people do. And so there's really a kind of small number of people, The I, I call them the intelligentsia, it's the 10 to 15% of people that are entrepreneurs, business executives, the professoriate, bloggers, vloggers, podcast hosts, people that are in the position to in, to affect others and to influence others, people that have platforms and people that are instruct other people. And, and those people, once you win them, they drag the rest of society, they, they drag the rest of society along. And I believe that we're absolutely positively making good progress in winning them. And so like COVID, the one good thing that came out of COVID is an amazing amount of people realized that the government was lying to them. And once you realize, or not only that the, that the government was lying to them, but the media wasn't on it and that the media is being, whether or not you, you believe me that government is illegitimate on its face, and I would suggest you read government, the biggest scam in history, if you doubt the veracity of that claim. But like, even if you don't believe me and people that, you know, aren't necessarily voluntarists like myself, it's almost universally recognized that the government is engaged in criminality, that the government in Washington, D.C. is being run for the benefit of the few at the expense of the many. And so, like, I think that that's one of the best things that really came out of the COVID is that there's a lot, a lot of people that woke up to that reality. And so being awake doesn't mean everything, 
being awake just means that you're awake and now you're trying to figure out what's going on versus the people that are completely asleep and hypnotized by this this media system that is essentially programming them like 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 computers. I mean, a human being, the human brain is a supercomputer. And so if you're able to control the information that goes in to a human being, to a degree, you can control that worldview of that human being. And so part of that controlling the information is the government school. Part of it is the government university. Part of it is scouting. But a a large part of it is people are getting their information mediated through screens and all you've got to do is control the screen. And if you're controlling the screen, you're controlling the, the overwhelming majority of information that these, these people are getting to be able to control and, and, and program their, out, their outlook. Yeah, it's interesting now heading towards this sort of new frontier of media where television is taking a dive. People are record low viewership rates on television, yet mediums like this one are flourishing, at least for now. And I wonder if this is a sort of risk that they're willing to take in order to maybe temporarily lose some control over people's worldviews and how they view the world around them in order to create maybe a more seamless control system where now instead of it being obvious where there's channels that are promoting a show because there's money involved, there's people involved, there's jobs involved, hirings, etc. Now it's an algorithm that's personalized to you at least you think, or at least you're under that supposition that this is an algorithm that's curating things for for whoever the user is. Now, mm-hmm. how do we know that we're not going to reach a point where shows like this don't get recommended at all and just fall into some sort of like black black hole of the internet where the algorithms just won't touch them and that's how people are accustomed to receiving their information so they don't venture outside of that. I mean, do you have you looked much into this side of, of what's to come? Because we know the media companies for the past how long were owned by like five or six ind- entities and they were all kind of working in sync. I don't know if they would give that up, right? I, I don't think they want to give that up. So are they kind of transforming their control system now through these algorithms, you think? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're already doing that. And I call it the, it's the algorithmic control of information on the DARPA internet. I mean, keep in mind that the internet was and is a military network at its core, and, and so the, what, what my thesis is in, in the book is that, you know, on the old media side, you've got these six old media, newspaper, print, magazines, television stations, radio stations, the Time Warners, the CBS, NBC's, the Disney, Fox, a News Corp, which owns Fox News and satellite networks, things like that. And so that's kind of like the old media side. And then there appears to be about three to four dozen kind of new media streaming, social media, search engines, and the dynamic that you just described where the algorithms only promote controlled opposition voices while suppressing, shadow banning, 
demonetizing and de-indexing the authentic voices, that's already going on. And that has been going on for quite some time. And that is now kind of public knowledge. So one of the things that, you know, recently came out with the Twitter files releases, Matt Taibbi put together the a visualization called the Censorship Industrial Complex, showing that there's a network of 50 organizations, some of them social media sites, some of them search engines, some of them fact checkers associated with the government, some of them fact checkers associated with private industry or academics, and that those are the companies that were essentially caught censoring information during the COVID, including truthful information. And so they've had to come out and say publicly and admit publicly in the in the weaponization of government hearings that were held earlier this year that they were censoring truthful information because they didn't want to hurt vaccine hesitancy. And so that that system is now somewhat out in the open for those that are kind of paying attention. And that's something that we've been saying for over three, three, four years, the entire time that this has gone on. And you've been able to keep you've been able to, you know, put together little pieces of it. We've been promoting everything that we write in the book. We back up with a credit card size flash drive that we call the Liberator. It goes into your wallet, and, and and this is how we're getting around the algorithmic censorship of the internet. This is how we're getting around things being deleted off of the internet, which is happening more and more frequently, including when we did the fifth edition of the book, we had to correct dozens of links where, you know, in the book, we were linking to something to, that supported like evidence and scholarship supporting our claims in the book. And then we would find out when we went to fact check and and check all of the links for the fifth edition that a lot of those over two dozen of those had disappeared. And so we actually had to go and hunt down, you know, different instances of it or updated instances of, of it. One or two links were lost completely. But like uh, they've been deleting things off of the Internet for quite some time. Their control, again, the name of the game is control of perception. And if you can control the information that people receive, you can program them like a computer. And so that is the most powerful weapon in organized crimes arsenal. And part of that is this algorithmic censorship of the Internet. Now, who's behind it? So like who's doing it? Well, it's the intelligence agencies. And so Mint Press News has has done some some tremendously good journalism where they have broken the story that the content essentially almost if not a, a dozen somewhere around a dozen members of the content moderation team at Facebook slash Meta are quote unquote ex CIA people. Now, if you understand the history of the CIA, the CIA was caught in 1976 in something called the Church Committee hearings, where it came out in, in, in congressional testimony that the CIA had hundreds of reporters and editors and publishers that were on the payroll of the CIA that would publish stories written by the CIA. Now, this program goes on today. I, I mentioned that that's one of the things in the fifth edition of the book is, are you getting your news from the CIA? where we break down the backgrounds of over a dozen members of the the media from Anderson Cooper to John Brennan to others who are either CNN anchors or CNN correspondents or 
Fox News correspondents or MSNBC correspondents or Slate correspondents or Politico commentators or, you know, what, whatever it is that, that have our, have open backgrounds in the, in the, in the, in the media. And those are just the ones that we know about. There have been other very prominent j- journalists like Udo Ulfkote, U-L-F-K-O-T-T-E, who has come out and said that, that the CIA paid him to write stories for them or handed him articles and said, publish this under my byline. So we know that that program is still going out for, from whistleblowers. The LA Times is Ken Delinian, who is now correspondent on one of the major networks. He was outed as a CIA tool because of an agency FOIA request. And you could you can actually see his emails back and forth from his CIA handler where he's bootlicking and talking about how he was going to make the drone program look good and just just complete criminality that's that's now out in the open but what is what is relatively new is the fact that it's the CIA moderating content taking down content at Facebook it's the FBI so so when Elon Musk took over Twitter it came out that somewhere over or near a dozen members of the Twitter moderation team were quote-unquote ex-FBI. And the latest revelation is that the content moderation team at supposedly Chinese-run TikTok is made up of ex-State Department officials. And so what you've got is you've got the government caught with their hand in the cookie jar through these revelations that have come out in the House Weaponization on Government Committee that have come out through the Twitter files that Matt Taibbi was given access to and and wrote a series of articles about that called the Censorship Information Complex. You can go take a look at it. And so there's this network of 50 organizations that are widely controlling the information that people receive, censoring them, blacklisting them, shadow banning them and so the so the dynamic that you were mentioning is called shadow banning and a shadow ban is people may still be able to watch this video on certain social media sites but this video is not going to be promoted using the like the same way that others do so so if i share so as an example my i one of my kind of claims to fame was that my etienne de la buisi account was censored off facebook in may of 2018 and kind of the first wave of censorship i was one of the first people that they kicked off facebook completely even before the kind of the night of long knives later that year in september when they where they purged almost 300 people and 600, I think it was like 600 or 900 pages, including the anti-media, including the Free Thought Project, which had, which had 2 million plus followers. So, so that was really the, the main takedown, but I like got kicked off in kind of the beta test. But my, my, my personal account under my real name is still there. But when I share anything political, they're only show, they're not going to show it to the overwhelming majority of my of the, of my 1500 friends that I have on Facebook what it looks like they're doing is that they're showing it to the people that they understand that I'm in constant communication with through messenger and through probably my cell phone called detail records and things like that because those were the those are the people that would say oh yeah i saw that i saw that article you posted or i saw you got interviewed again or whatever because they know i'm in communication with them 
And so that's the way that it does. It's a, it's called shadow banning. And, and that's come out publicly, like I said, in the Twitter files that they were taking certain accounts and they were minimizing the reach. They, so, so you could still post the tweet, but your, your tweet is not being seen by all of the people in your audience that are subscribed to it. They're purposefully, quote unquote, shadow banning you. And that really is how this control of perception system works on the algorithmic internet. And so, so all of that is now kind of public knowledge. Most people don't realize the exact way that it works and the extent of, of how it works. But at the same time, you know, the, I guess the important takeaway for members of your audience is at the same time that they're shadow banning and de-indexing and de-platforming and demonetizing the authentic voices like myself and you and others, they're promoting controlled opposition voices. So the controlled opposition voices will be recommended for you by YouTube. The controlled opposition voices will be shown to their entire audience on Facebook. The controlled opposition voices will, will not just be promoted on Twitter, but they'll actually be promoted when Twitter knows that you're online on Twitter and it'll put it right in front of your face at the right time. And so it's little tricks like that where you can get, you can just widely control the information that people receive. Now, some of the other the ways that they do that is when you get an Android phone, Android is going to suggest podcasts for you. Twitter is going to suggest people that you want to follow. YouTube is going to recommend other people for you. I could go on and on when you get my, my, my Windows laptop here. When I go down to the screen, uh, in the low left of the screen, it's constantly popping up this ridiculous news feed of stories designed to t- steal my attention away with time wasters. So they're trying to waste your time. So the, so the videos that are recommended for you by YouTube have been algorithmically curated for you, knowing how you like to consume media so that they can steer you into stuff that is going to be truth free. It might be cool. It's often cool. Like they got me pegged. They understand the kind of things that I'm interested in and the kind of things that, you know, that, that, that I like. And so it's very, very tempting to click off of something important. One of my other like little favorite tricks is I'll tell your, your audience really, really the kind of the coolest thing I learned in 2006, there was a experiment done by Duke University where they got these monkeys and they put the monkeys in front of a television screen and they would flash different images in front of the monkeys and the images would just go by kind of like one at a time and the monkeys were drinking juicy juice, cherry juicy juice out of like a little hamster bottle. And as long as the monkeys kept drinking that juicy juice, the the images would keep going by. And so what they discovered was is that the that that the monkey well so the monkeys could pause the screen at any time by not drinking the juicy juice. So they could essentially delay their gratification, which is a, essentially a payment like when you're buying something you're delaying your gratification by buying this thing instead of something else. So they discovered that the monkeys would pay to see certain types of images. Now, what images do you think the monkeys would pay for? And so one is kind of obvious, 
monkey porn. And so the monkeys would pay to see, they're male monkeys, so they would pay to see pictures of female monkeys' rear hindquarters. Okay. But the other one was even more fascinating. That one was kind of like obvious. But the, but the other thing that they would pay to see is they would pay to see pictures of higher status monkeys. And so monkeys live in a, in a troop and the troop might have 20 monkeys in it and there's a defined pecking order and by beat down. Okay. And if you're, you're talking number, about chimpanzees though, right? I forget the exact type of monkey. It's if you, if you Google monkey vision, Duke university, I wrote an okay. article about it. Oh, and you, you could probably get that article, but, but they, they uh, pay to see other you, cause you got me thinking when you said that they're looking at alpha males, because there's this whole new series about chimps and it kind of focuses on the social dynamics and how certain males might not be genetically inclined to be like a big brute alpha. So they'll mm-hmm. take a different role where they'll actually be like the best groomer and they'll be able to groom their relatives and figure out like, oh, if you eat this plant, your little itchy spot will go away. And that actually gets them social points. So it's interesting to hear that these monkeys are like trying to, they want to see like role models, in other words, and and obviously sexual partners as well. But yeah, that's, that's interesting, huh? So the, so the way it rolls out is that there's a defined pecking order within the troop. Right. And so if you're monkey number three, you'll pay to see pictures of monkey one and two, <laughs> but you won't pay to see pictures of monkey four through 20. Right. If you're number five, you'll pay to see one through four, but you won't pay to see the rest. Right. And so if you think about television, if you look about, if you look at like the television and the movies as a kind of weaponized system to take your information and capture it. The word entertainment, by the way, mean, you know, the root words are entertainmente, enter meaning to enter. Tain means to hold or possess. Mente is the mind. And so the entertainment means to enter the mind and hold it and possess it, usually long enough to show you a commercial or to propagandize you in the system. But there they have an, the people at the top of the pyramid have an understanding of human behavior and human behavioral psychology, and they're waging that war against you, trying to trick you into capturing your attention so that they can distract you away from anything that may free you or they can deceive you or whatever it is. And so once you understand how they're doing these little tricks, one of my favorite examples is, I don't know if you've ever read anything, a story on the Daily Mail, but one of my guilty pleasures is I like to go to the Drudge Report each day and see what the CIA is selling. And a lot of times they'll have to release some kind of information that is incriminating or reveal some kind of like government criminality, but they don't really want you to, 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 to read it or to watch it or whatever. And so the drudge report, which is wasting your time in the fake left, right paradigm and is tempting you with clickbait and other things like that. The most, allegedly the most popular news website in the world, it will link to a story on the daily mail. Now, if you've ever read a story at the Daily Mail, then up and down the right-hand side of the screen are two kinds of stories. There's celebrity and sex. 
And so they're literally going to go ahead and give you the story, but they're going to have these these stories on the right-hand side of the screen knowing that many monkeys will go, ooh, shiny object, and they're, they're gone, and they're clicking off. And I find myself having to fight the urge because it's a biological tendency. But these are just some of the ways in which this organized crime system has weaponized their knowledge of behavioral psychology to control the information that society receives so that society can be tax-farmed using the technique of government. Gubernari mente, governor control the mind, by distracting and deceiving you with entertainment to enter the mind and possess it long enough to show you a commercial or to propagandize you. And so that really is the name of the game is kind of understanding that number one, government is completely illegitimate. You can't have legitimate government. It's impossible. So just give up on the idea of, of, of having a government. It's all got to be voluntarism. It's got to be voluntary associations, voluntary co-ops. Everything the government does could be done better, faster, cheaper by the free market. The good news message is the book. You don't really need government. But the other thing is, is you've got to really understand how this monopoly media system has been weaponized against you to steal your time and attention and to propagandize you. Yeah, it definitely, it feels like they've gone a step further and told us what our mind is. And bear with me for a second, because I I just spoke with a, a guest earlier who very spiritual perspective and he talked to me about this idea of god and and compartmentalizing categorizing defining and how anytime you define something you sort of lose what it is right and i I feel like they've done that with our minds and you see that psychology psychiatrists even therapists to a certain extent are doing more to manipulate people into dependency on these companies or the government or worse, like somebody gets institutionalized because of some effects that these drugs might have on their mind. And now their, their whole life is, is gone essentially to the rest of the world. They're gone. They're in some sort of government program, probably being used as like a tax sheep or however you would define that. But there's tax money paying for them now to be institutionalized. And it feels like they've they've done this in a way to where now there's this Orwellian doublethink in our media so that people hear a term like anti-vax and they don't think about what it actually is. They think about what they've been entrained to identify with that word, a group of people that they don't agree with, and they don't even really most of the time know why. So, yeah, it definitely feels like there's a psychological aspect to this. Have you dug into that at any length, this idea with psychiatry and and how that's kind of linked into the drug companies? And obviously we know the CIA has played a big role in legitimizing those drug companies, trafficking the illicit drugs into the country and making their kind of reason for people to, I mean, before the 60s, there weren't as many, I guess, drug-dependent people because maybe there weren't as many issues with 
mental health, right? And that could just be my modern misunderstanding, but it does seem like prior to the turn of the last century that this wasn't as big of an issue, this idea of, of somebody who had some sort of mental thing that left them out of society. I feel like that was more of a rarity, especially in more rural areas. Yeah, I mean, you you nailed it. And so I think the best book on the subject or one of the best books on the subject is a book called Mass Control, Engineering Human Consciousness by Jim Keith. Mm. And in that book, he breaks down a lot of the, re- the, the research into television and radio and the M- MKUltra research was done. The CIA has been experimenting with everything from the flicker rate on the television set to mind-altering drugs in, a, in an attempt to control human beings. And that's one of the ways that the government is unethical is that a lot of you know these experiments were done completely unethically, dosing people with LSD, all kinds of, of sleep deprivation experiments, drug experimentation, just just unbelievable medical atrocities with no where where they were experimenting on people without their knowledge or consent. And so that book, Jim Keith, Mass Control, Engineering Human Consciousness, breaks down all kinds of, of different ways the government has been experimenting, experimenting with cult creation. So, so the Jim Jones cult in Guyana Town, famous for Guyana Punch and cool, Drink the Kool-Aid. When you hear people say, drink the Kool-Aid, a lot of people don't know where that comes from. But, you know, that, that comes from them, the CIA, what appears to be the CIA experimenting with how do you create cults at a, at a compound in Guyana that ended when the cult leader called the cult and had them drink from a vat of Kool-Aid poisoned with a variety of different drugs that killed them. Now, a lot of people wouldn't, and one of the untold stories of that is, is a lot of people were gunned down, and I think they were trying to clean it up by like murdering everybody within that, that, that community. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people died. And, and you can go and you can see photos of Guyana Town today where there's just, just hundreds and hundreds of, of, of dead bodies around this this thing of Kool-Aid. But like all of that appears to be this this experimentation of of how do you create cults? How do you get people to follow cults? Scientology appears to be the same thing, a kind of engineered experimentation with cult creation using celebrities like Tom Cruise and others to again leveraging the 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 behavioral psychology of celebrity and, and things of that nature. But if you don't understand that these games are being run on you, then you're very open to it. I've met, there's one in particular, I met like a, a dishonest, disreputable psychologist years ago that was trying to, that met me in a social situation and began trying to kind of run low level psychology tricks on me because that I had a background in psychology because my, my ex-wife was a PhD forensic and clinical psychologist and just kind of just knew a lot of the different, the basics of the, of the profession, just recognized kind of like what was going on. But, you know, if you, if you understand just, it's, it's amazing that just understanding kind of the basics of psychology can give you a kind of like one up on somebody else to be able to manipulate them in a kind of unhealthy way 
And even low-level regular psychologists, I've seen people try and do that on me. So I know that that's going on at, at even just like low levels. Yeah, and especially when you hear about how some of these doctors are just writing prescriptions very liberally, it's definitely concerning to think their profit motivation exceeds their moral character and their the job they're in kind of incentivizes them to do that. Whether they're a morally corrupt person from the beginning or not, maybe they don't even realize what they're doing is morally corrupt. I think part of this issue is in the education system itself. In a combination of ways, on a multi-effort front, we have this sort of false reality being created, whether it's the impression that your body is not complete as it is and it needs some sort of fixer-upper or like you're some kind of machine that needs a tune-up. Obviously, there's another approach, a more sane approach, a more organic approach rather, where you, you fix your body from within. But it, this is a part of it because they're able to create this false paradigm that people are born into. And then the education system almost separates the folks that you look towards as authority from the folks that they're treating, whether their profession is the different varieties of doctor or therapist, psychologist, there's like this cultural even difference that's created when someone goes to school for that long. And then the yeah. people that they treat almost, they, I mean, I'm not speaking for everyone here, but it, I feel like there's a dynamic of, of authority there that isn't beneficial to either party in the long run. Uh, right. Because, well, first of all, let's unpack that starting with the school. And so the school, the mandatory government school has really been weaponized against the students to dumb them down and to harm them intellectually and harm them morally. It's a moral free place. They're not taught. One of the things that's been removed from the schools is something called the trivium, which is grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And I describe the trivium as kind of like a firewall for the mind. And, you know, first you have to understand grammar, what a word is. It's a, it's a kind of like a, a, a word picture of, of an idea. And then you, you can build on that and then understand logic and what makes a statement true or false. And there's little tricks that you can, if you don't understand you know, what's true and what's not true or how to easily discern what's true or not true, then language can be either something that can help you or, or a weapon that can be used against you. But if you understand logical fallacies, if somebody's trying to use language as a weapon against you, then you can go, no, you're, that's an, an ad hominem attack or that's a, that's a, a bandwagon, a, a bandwagon fallacy, or that's a straw man argument, or that's a no true Scotsman fallacy, or there's, there's a variety of like known logical fallacies that if you understand those and can recognize those, then it's very, very hard to chump you with language. And the school has essentially taken this out of the school system. Rhetoric is the ability to, to, to talk intelligently and persuasively to persuade somebody that, let's say, that government is a scam and it's illegitimate and it's, it's not desirable, necessary, or, or, or legitimate. 
And if you don't have the ability to speak persuasively, then you're not going to be able to convince others. And so one of the scams of the government school system is they've taken out Lincoln-Douglas-style debate in a lot of the schools. Not every school, it still is out there in some of the schools, and they've replaced it with something called policy debate, where the kids do something called spreading, and they just talk as fast as humanly possible, sometimes up to 350 words a minute, and they try and get in as many points as possible in, in, in no way that could be considered good rhetoric but, you know, they've, the school is running these like little unethically manipulative games on the, pop, you know, on the population at the same time that there's a hidden curriculum in the school of obedience to where the kids that have gravitas that, you know, that, that, that can't or are harder to be ruled and harder to be managed. Every time they stick their head up, they get it hammered down and they're not allowed to talk and they're not allowed to speak without being called upon. And they're not allowed, they're, 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 they're put into this kind of unhealthily manipulative control system. You got to walk in line, you, you know, raise your hand to talk. Nobody can leave the school without permission. Everybody gets their, can have their bag searched at any time, reinforcing that government employee can search you at any time and conditioning you to the government employee, having the, the government's monopoly police be in the schools as school resource officers and, and through the D.A.R.E. program and things like that. And, and, and having kids join J.R.O.T.C. where they have their head shaved and put into the uni or encouraged to have their head shaved. They can't make them, but they, they strongly encourage them where they put them into the uniform, the single form, kind of an enforced conformity and compact them into like a group dynamic within the school and, and get them used to hierarchical command and control, taking the, the orders of those above them in the hierarchy, the artificially indoctrinated hierarchy. And so the schools are running this kind of pimp game. I call it like a pimp game, you know, on, on these, these kids And the analogy is a pimp is somebody that runs unethically manipulative techniques on women to get them to turn over their money to them, ostensibly for protection, okay? And this is essentially, in a nutshell, the same game that the government is running on their populations to get them to semi-voluntarily turn over a portion of their income for protection, and so in, in the same way that many women and undoubtedly men, some men become psychologically and, and financially dependent upon the pimp, many men and women become psychologically and financially dependent upon the government. And even when the women are abused or lied to by the pimp, many will stay loyal because the pimp is running these unethically manipulative techniques on them. And the same way that the government can lie to you and abuse you, many people will stay loyal because they're compacted into kind of a Stockholm syndrome where they become to believe it's their station or their place. They become kind of connected to their abuser. And so if you don't understand these techniques, then you become essentially vulnerable to having pimp game run on you by the government. And that's really what's been going on. And that's why, I mean, I think that so many people, even after the government abuses them, locks them down, wages economic warfare against them in the form of the lockdowns, the lockdowns were economic warfare. We're trying to bankrupt a certain 
part of the population. We want these small businesses to fail because we want people working for corporations, these monopoly corporations where they're under our thumb and they can't really talk, talk back and they can't really talk about politics at the, at the water cooler. And they can't really engage in social media and, and expose what's going on on social media or they'll be fired by their monopoly corporation. We don't want them to have individual independent businesses. And so a lot of people didn't realize that the government was running economic warfare against them. They thought it was for their own good. And the government was trying to protect them like the pimp tries to protect his hose. And so like, if you just don't, if you don't understand that this is going on, then you, you can be a, a very easily find yourself a victim of this pimp game. Yeah. When it, when it's laid out like that, it seems so simple, but it's taken many decades and years to get us to this point. I mean, I, I feel like, it's safe to say 200, 300 years ago when this country was being born, people, the average person tra- trained in the trivium, just probably naturally uh, mm-hmm. through the schools that they had back then. They were learning Greek and Roman literature, right? So we can venture to guess that that was a part of their education. I imagine it would be a lot harder to dupe folks in that time period the average person today can't even tell you all the 50 states, let alone what's on the Constitution. And that's a sad reality. I don't know how, how true that is. If we're going to believe these street interview videos where people are made to look dumber than they probably are. But it does seem like the average person doesn't have a lot of time to to go even for a little bit to, to try to understand the the country that they're in and and what we i think at this point in time are at risk of losing even more than what we've already lost because as you pointed out in your book the, the the banks have already had control over this country we're not living in a 1776 america anymore this is you know that ship has sailed right yeah it's a high-tech slavery and a lot of the a lot of the reason that people can't understand these things is we're under we're under a chemical attack. I mean, we're we're having stuff put into the food and the water. It's fluoridated water in 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 the water supply and in beverages. It's aspartame and everything. It's BPA, BPS, and can linings. It's glyphosated wheat in in baked goods. It's atrazine being used as a as an herbicide. It's recombinant bovine growth hormone in dairy products. It's genetically modified ingredients. It's refined sugar. It's mercury and aluminum in vaccines. We're, if you don't understand that this, that the system is putting the stuff in the food supply through these companies that have been monopolized through the providing certain companies unlimited funds to buy up their competitors so that they can operate as a cartel and a kind of predatory capitalist system. If you don't understand that this is going on and you take the shots and you drink the fluoridated water and you drink the recombinant bovine growth hormone, RBG, RBST milk, aspartame, on and on and on, then, you know, a lot of people, they're gone. Like they're not, you can't reason with them. They don't, they're not going to understand the big game. They're going to be zoned out in front of the television where they're going to be in a kind of like trance state, having propaganda surreptitiously poured into their craniums 
through the optic nerve. And it's, it's, this is, this is a high tech slavery. And I'm, I'm trying to get my pirate signal out to the, to the intelligentsia that, that has kind of figured out that kind of the good news is, is that a lot of people are figuring out they're not taking the vaccines. They're, they're going to the farmer's market. They're talking to their farmer and figuring out which ones aren't using, using glyphosate in the growing cycle. They're buying organic. They're filtering their water, buying distilled water, buying whole house filters, things like that. And so there's a lot of like, like, I guess the good news is, is a lot of people have like figured out what's going on and they're dodging that. And one of the good things that came out of the COVID was over almost 2 million people pulled their kids out of school. And homeschooling has, has shot up. It dropped back down a little in, once the COVID was "quote unquote" over. But like a lot of people pulled their 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 kids out of the out of the government school system, and so you know people that are that are being allowed to do self directed learning, they're more likely to stumble across and and be able to learn things other than people that are forced in these government schools to learn about nonsense and critical race theory and gender neutral pronouns and all of the divide and conquer ridiculousness that is being again waged as a as a kind of divide and conquer warfare against the population in these mandatory government scam schools yeah yeah that is a silver lining i i imagine a lot of those parents are probably tuning in to shows like this and buying books like what you've put together and it's not just this book. You have a whole package that you send to people, correct? I mean, it's a whole Liberty bundle with more than just what's in this book. You got resources. You've got all sorts of of components to what you're offering. But let's get into some of the Liberty hacks if we haven't covered a few of them already. Because I imagine folks listening who haven't already taken advantage Now's the time. I mean, obviously, we're in sort of an economic downturn right now. Uh, but at any moment, things can turn around. And there's always now to prepare, right? I mean, the, the mm. world hasn't collapsed yet. So I mean, in the in the realm of things people can start doing today, you just mentioned a bunch that are sort of great ways to clean up what your body is interacting with as far as the water that comes through your house that you shower mm -hmm. with that you cook your food with that you drink all of those are no-brainers people need to figure out what the deal is and correct any errors that are there but beyond that what can people start to do one of the main things they can do is is pay in cash number one do business break the chains of chain stores and chain businesses do business. Go to the farmers market. You're going to get you're going to get better food. You're going to get you're going to be doing business with kind of local businesses, local merchants. The food quality is going to be better, and then that money is going to circulate when you're through the through your community in a kind of a positive way. Versus if you're if you're spending money at Walmart or Target or other things like like there's no reason for anybody to buy soap at Walmart or Target when you can go and you can get it at, a, at the at the farmer's market. You can, and when you buy in cash, if you pay for something on a, on a, on a credit card or on a debit card, the merchant is going to lose between 1.5 and almost 3% in credit card fees on every transaction versus if you pay in cash, they're going to get, not only are they going to get a little bit extra, but that bank 
and that credit card processor are going to lose that money. So you're kind of starving the beast. And then when you pay in cash, then the local mom and pop businesses, they don't have to report that income to the lying, thieving, stealing, organized crime government. And so one of the little hacks that I like to do is when a lot of times when I pay in cash, I'll go, hey, I'm giving you cash so that you don't have to share it with the lying, thieving, stealing, organized crime government. And that little throwing little sand into the gears, like letting other people know that, hey, the government's lying, thieving, stealing, just that little comment goes a long way. It's a way of like, just like kind of throwing, you know, like a little bit of sand in the, in the gears there. When you pay in cash, when that merchant is able to save more of what he earns, then he's able to spend it in the community in a, and again, in a kind of, kind of beneficial way. One of the other things you can do is pay in barter. And so I'm, I'm headed to the Porcupine Freedom Festival where you and I got to meet, got to meet in person last year. Was that last year or the year before? I forget. It's been. Yeah, uh, no, uh, it was the year before. um, It was definitely, yeah, it's, it's for me, the same feeling of all the, the past three years have kind of melded together, but no, it was, it was 2021. And at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a lot of people spin these, and that's a gold back, and that's flexible, spendable gold, and that is a way of doing barter and getting some of your money outside of the, of the organized crime banking system and, and keeping it and holding it in a, in a format that is safe from a dollar devaluation or a dollar collapse. So the more that you're able to do business with your local merchants in gold or in silver or in barter, the less the banking system gets. And then the more that you have that is you've diversified yourself out of the dollar into something that has tangible value, that has been a store of value for 5,000 plus years. A lot of people don't realize this, but, you know, in every single city in almost on this planet, there's a gold and silver dealer that will take you in and out of gold or in and out of silver so that you can diversify yourself out of the dollar. I like something called junk silver. Junk silver are the pre-1965 silver coins, mercury dimes, mercury quarters. They're 90% silver and they're in a small recognizable, it's a coin that's small, recognizable. Everybody knows the date that pre-1965 is 90% silver. So if there was a currency collapse or a currency devaluation that you would, you would have some of your wealth protected in that. I like having, cause we're in inflationary times right now and inflation is at 10%. And so like, I recommend having a deep larder. And so like, go ahead and buy as much as you, you can have in your house, buy all the toilet paper that you need for the next year, buy all of the, you know, the, the canned goods that you need that you eat on a regular basis the next year. If you live in a tiny apartment, you're not able to really kind of do some of the, that. I get it. So you got to choose your, choose your battles, but having a, a deep larder is another solution. I think everybody ought to be sitting on at least three to six months, preferably a year of, of, of storable food. That's, that's something that's, you know, of, of kind of like great value. You need to have a network of friends that understand kind of in your immediate area that kind of understand what's going on 
and that where you guys could team up in a in a in an economic collapse. These are known as freedom cells. These are known as, but having a, a group of friends that other know what's going on, go over and have a documentary night, watch a movie. We were talking, I was mentioning our, our monograph, Solving COVID, the uh, COVID-19 eugenics drug scam timeline. There's a great documentary that I just discovered the other day that we've got a link to at artofliberty.substack.com called Shots, Eugenics to Pandemics by John Potash. And that that documentary essentially is the exact same thing that I just described to your audience. Have a documentary night. Get your friends together and everybody watch a documentary and then have a little conversation about like what, what happened and, and what's really, really going on in the line. You can wake up five other people. So one of the things that we do is through donors to the Art of Liberty Foundation. So my, my foundation is, we're, we've got a startup public policy organization called the Art of Liberty Foundation, where we're support, supported by donors that make it possible for us to sell the book, price-supported, low-cost bulk copies. We call them friends bundles, but you know we'll sell you low-cost copies of five copies or 10 copies. Wake up five of your friends, have them wake up five of your friends, and then that becomes a kind of virtuous cycle. And and we've got people that are that are price supporting us to to be able to, to sell low cost copies in this kind of friends bundle. We 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 actually have now one of the new things that we have for the fifth edition is we've got a what's called a pop up gorilla bookstore, and a pop up gorilla bookstore is everything that you need to merchandise the book and the flash drives attractively merchandise it in a small footprint. So if you've got a retail location or have a friend that has a retail location, you can actually make money getting your community up to what's going on and, and share in the profits of the book. And so that's, we call it a pop-up grill bookstore. It's at government hyphen scam.com forward slash bookstore. That's something else. We, we sell these liberator flash drives so that you can, and we allow you to, to copy them for free. So once you own one, anybody that has one is not only allowed, but encouraged to make as many copies as you can for your friends. It has the PDF version of the book and it's got all of the things that are disappearing off the internet. And so you can go to eBay and, and you can buy 10, commodity 64 gigabyte flash drives for about 35 bucks. So about three and a half dollars a piece. And you can make as many copies as you want, give it to your friends and your family and go, Hey, here's what's disappearing off the internet. Here's what's being censored, shadow banned, de-indexed, deplatformed. Here, I recommend you start in the short video section of, of the, of, of it as well. But we're trying to decentralize resistance and so that anybody can become kind of like a resistance hub, we've got people around the world. We've been selling the book in 22 different countries. We've got people that are putting it into libraries, putting it in little mini libraries in neighborhoods. We've got people that are making it coffee table books on Airbnbs. And so there's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of that you can do. There's something called the White Rose Society. White, White Rose, they've got a telegram group where you can download resistance stickers. And if you've got a little $100 brother label printer, anybody can print these, these stickers for free as a kind of decentralized resistance. We're starting something called the White Rose Mucho Grande, where instead of a free file of stickers that you can print, we've got a free file of posters that you can print and put up at a, at a, at a bookstore 
or at a yoga studio or a coffee shop or your university commons where we have the visualizations for the book and blown up. And so like, if you, if you didn't know that there were six companies running hundreds of subsidiaries, well, we've got this poster size visualization that just literally like floors people. And we've got a whole series of these posters where people we've, 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 we've tested this at the greater reset at Marillion, Mexico and the LA Conscious Life Expo at, at, at uh, in LA and at the Liberty Forum in New Hampshire and in other places, and it stops people in their tracks and they're like, I did not understand that this was all going on. And so you can put up free posters, and that's at artofliberty.org forward slash white dash rose, or just search white rose and art of liberty foundation but like these are these are like just some like little some of them are culture jams some of them are are liter, liberty hacks in the book government the biggest scam in history we expose a lot of the little tricks and techniques that the school system is using on the kids and so once you understand what some of these unethically manipulative techniques are, you can, if you, if you feel like you have to have your government, your kids still in the government school system because you're not financially ready to take them out or whatever it is, you can go down and you can meet with your school's teachers and you can say, hey, I don't want my, I don't want you using the red, yellow, green troublemaker boards with my kids. And so I've done that numerous times, different teachers, you know, ones of my kids where I've gone down and I've met with the teacher and I've said, hey, I don't want you using the red, yellow, green troublemaker board on with, with my son. And so they've taken my kid's name off of the red, yellow, green troublemaker board, and they're not using that technique on my kids. We've got a petition template in the thing that you can go and collect signatures of other, of other parents and go down and say, hey, we want these are the techniques that we want you to stop using on our kids. You can get your kids out of the government school system and you can homeschool them themselves and that they're going to ha- you're going to have a better outcome. They're going to have better morality. They're going to have better judgment. You can teach them the trivium. You can get together with other parents in a homeschool co-op and do it. You can vote with your feet. So like a lot of people, they're moving to different geographies where the, they're, where it's not the same kind of totalitarian government that you see in New York or New Jersey or, or Washington state or California. They're going to Idaho or they're going to New Hampshire or they're moving to Florida or Texas and they're paying less in taxes. I'm part of something called the Free State Project, where you know there's over 24,000 plus voluntarists, libertarians, peaceful anarchists that have pledged to move to, to New Hampshire and roll back the laws. There's about 7,000 on the ground right now that we know about. There's there's probably more because you know a lot of people don't want to be on a list when the when the government is is organized crime and rogue and 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 evil to the core. And so they're electing libertarians to the state house. They're rolling back laws. There's no income tax in New Hampshire. There's no sales tax in New Hampshire. There's no seatbelt laws in New Hampshire. There's no there's there's a much more representative form of of government. I don't believe in government, but if you're going to have a government, they've got probably the best type in of state government with the widest representation. The legislatures aren't paid. They get a hundred bucks a year. So there's no, it's not a, a lifelong job for a lot of these people. And so there's just all of the, you can, you can vote with your feet and you can self-select yourself out 
of states that are tax farming you and 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 molting you to places where you know where other liberty people are are moving. There's a there's a another liberty community on the Isle of Roatan off the coast of Honduras. There's a town in Mexico called Sharon that's thrown government out completely. And so, you know, these are these are some other kind of like liberty hacks that you can do to to free yourself from from oppressive organized crime government. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, you know, there's so many more tangents we can go down. We don't have that much more time, but I definitely want to have you back on and talk more about the Free State Project in New Hampshire. My girlfriend and I are thinking about putting our money into a house because right now we kind of came to the realization that renting is a scam and you just sort of waste money to be in a place and it particularly sucks if you don't even want to be in that place, right? I mean, some people, they'll they'll take that because they want to be in New York City or they want to be in L.A., right? And you can't afford to pay. But where I'm at, I'd rather live in New Hampshire as a, a Northeastern guy already. New Hampshire seems like a seamless transition, particularly with with everything you're saying. I mean, that's definitely motivating now, me. You've seen it with your own eyes. Yeah. And so... You've been to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You know, what, you know, is, is that not the coolest group of people that you've ever seen? It was wonderful. I mean, my girlfriend and I still talk about some of the people we've met there, including you and the wonderful yoga session that we uh, went through with mm-hmm. your partner. And that really stuck with us. But yeah, it's it's just a different, it's a different community altogether. I know some people might think like, oh, well, how are... How are we to prevent criminals from becoming a part of these off-the-grid type communities or low-government communities? And I think really we have to stop letting that media corrupt how we see other people. Because at the end of the day, I think a lot of the crime in this country is a result of this corrupt government element. And it's not Mm -hmm. something that necessarily would exist if we had a community where people supported one another. And that's exactly what it sounds like people are attempting to create up there. So yeah, I mean, tell folks where they can go. The links will be in the description. So folks go and and, and link up with everything that Etienne has to offer. But as far as Porcupine Fest, probably too late now to get tickets. You'd probably still go for a day if you live within reach. But any updates on on anything you'd like to promote beyond what we've just talked about? I'd say the one new kind of thing that we've done is we've started doing a daily news service where we're curating kind of the best of the alternative media Mm. on Substack. Yeah, at daily news from aolf.substack.com. You can get to it from artofliberty.substack.com. Perfect. But, you know, we've got kind of like three options for you to follow our work on Substack. We've got artofliberty.substack, which is our regular, our, our original writings and research, and it's kind of a low volume list. And then we have the Five Meme Friday, which is like a weekly breakdown and boil down of all of the daily news stories that we publish daily. And then if you're a news junkie like me, then the daily news will give you three to five plus of the the best news stories. We we filter out all of the fake left-right paradigm. We filter out all of the clickbait. We filter out all of the, the, the kind of the BS 
And we're really exposing the stories that are exposing the criminality of the government and how they're running game on you. And, and, and just the, those are the things that we focus on. And so that's, again, the, the probably the best link is artofliberty.substack.com. I already mentioned the kind of new for 2023 is the pop-up gorilla bookstore, where we're getting these pop-up gorilla bookstores up around the world. And then the, the you can get the book at government-scam.com. You can get the liberator at government-scam.com forward slash liberator. And you can browse that for free. And we make all of that available for free. If you want to get the wallet size, the credit card wallet size card, we got a deal. If you buy the book and the card together, there's like a $15 discount on doing that. And then finally, we're at artofliberty.org, and that is my umbrella organization. We're a startup public policy organization. We're trying to start a voluntarist think tank, and our our thesis is we're, we're very unique in that we're coming at the problem that government is illegitimate, and that the that the that not only is illegitimate, but it has been demonstrably hijacked by what can only be called organized crime, and that they are robbing the population through a variety of scams, ranging from handing trillions of dollars to private banks through the TARP, TALF bailouts and stimulus to forcing everybody to take vaccines to faking pandemics and and and, and things of that nature. And then finally, for those that are interested in who was behind the COVID, how they did it, what the, the, the history of eugenics are, that's the, the monograph is called Solving COVID, the COVID-19 Eugenics Vaccine Drug Scam Timeline, and that's at artofliberty.substack.com, and that will be an upcoming book. So we're going to turn that into a book in the coming year. And if you'll, if you'll sign up with us at the low volume list at artofliberty.substack.com, we'll let you know when that is available. But those are all my main links. And thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation. Right on. Yeah. Thank you for joining me again. It's always a great, great time talking to you and very informative. You always leave me with a lot to think about. Now, as far as Patreon or Substack goes, excuse me. Substack is quickly becoming a really interesting alternative to Patreon. I noticed some of the audience that would have supported me on Patreon now supports me on Substack because Patreon has censored people, folks like yep. Sam Tripoli, Whitney Webb, and I, I've kind of fallen under the radar, so I didn't really think they would ever get to me, but have you looked into Substack at all as a company? Do you trust Substack? I mean, they seem to be platforming a ton of people, not just folks like us, but just anybody. They're not really like politically oriented, I don't think. So it's funny. We made the decision to go to Substack because they appear to be not censoring the way the others are. Mm. We've had a couple of weird things that have happened on the platform, one of which is like I got a notice that that my notifications had been changed. And so somebody toggled a switch on one of our kind of like test accounts and turned off people getting emails from that. And that kind of worried me like, hey, wait a minute, is this evidence of censoring? And also there's, there was one case where I tried to share a story from the second smartest guy in the world and I wasn't able to do it. And so 
So right now I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see if we see any kind of any, any more of that, but it's been the most honest platform. We, we made it, we do one of the, we do one of the most unique things. I don't know anybody else that's doing it on Substack, but you know, what we do is we have a actually go paid offer on Substack where if you join the Substack at the $5 a month level, we give you the PDF of the book for free. If you join at the $50 a year level, we give you the book and the liberator for free. We just email you and say, Hey, what address do you want us to send it to? And if you join at the founding $250 a year level, we give them that bundle that you mentioned that has, doesn't just have, you know, my book, but it's got Larkin Roses, The Most Dangerous Superstition. It's got Sedition, Subversion, and Sabotage, a field manual. It's got a, a book called Three Friends Free, which is a children's book of volunteerism for kids. It's got a book called What Anarchy Is in a Little Pamphlet by Larkin Rose that, you know, kind of like breaks down some of the myths of anarchy. Because what I've discovered is most people, when they hear about volunteerism or anarchy, they've got all of these misconceptions where they believe that, that anarchy is about something that anarchists don't really believe and aren't really advocating. And so we get a little pamphlet that breaks that down. And then the final book that you get in that bundle is a book called Anarchy Exposed. And it's, a, it's an ex-police officer who is now a volunteerist anarchist. He was a SWAT officer and he was a police sniper trainer. And like he's the, he was a real deal police officer. And when he looked into what volunteerism and anarchy were all about, he's like, hey, wait a minute. This is the only moral, legitimate way to go. I call it the only ism that is fair for everybody. Because if you think about it, every other ism besides volunteerism, there's a ruling class that has rights that you don't that gets to steal money from you and make up rules for you. And so voluntarism is really the only ism that is fair for everybody. Nobody gets the ring of power because there isn't a ring of power. And it has this kind of understanding, again, that this world is this self-organizing system. It produces spontaneous order and everything the government does that is non-redistributory would be better done, better, faster, cheaper, by the free market, by mutual aid societies, by nonprofits, by co-ops, by homeowners associations, by insurance companies, and by genuine charities. And that really is what has been hidden from society. And so, so folks that join us on Substack at this $250 level, or it's 150, it's a hundred bucks at government-scam.com, but we call it the everything bundle. You get it all. Essentially, you get everything, almost everything we offer. I think the only thing is we've got some of James Corbett's documentaries in the store. Those aren't included, but, but like we're, that's a real unique deal on Substack where we're actually giving away real tangible physical things that we send you in meet space versus just access to what we do. Most of what we do on Substack, we make available for free anyway. And so we try and give real value to the people that support us. That keeps us going. That supports the mission that allows me to do these kind of podcasts. I love it. I hope you keep doing them because we're going to have you back on soon again to continue talking about all this stuff and maybe in person if we get our ourselves up to Porcupine Fest. The plan is to find a van and I've been saying that for a while but we finally have the the I guess the opportunity to do it and yeah if anybody listening has a van to sell I do have my eyes on one in particular but if you have a good deal hit me up.
because I'll, I'll give take- you a little, I'll give you a little, tr- a, a trip, a little tip and a technique. You can rent a commercial van for almost nothing for like a month, like from one of the commercial van dealers, rider, or like some of the others. It's not like, it's not designed for people to like camp in, but it's the exact same van mm. that people pro modify into things. And then if you get it for a month, you can, you can build a very inexpensively built, build it out as a kind of like a temporary camper. And you got everything that you need to go van in van life at Vanu lifestyle kind of a thing. And you get it like a lot of people don't even know that that's an option, but it's a kind of a low cost option to get yourself a camper van. You just some assembly required, but much cheaper than if you rented the ones that are like already spiffed out as camper vans or anything right. like that. Dramatic, dramatic savings by getting and renting one of these commercial vans, exact same van. Huh. You just got to build, build it out as a, as a camper yourself which you can do in kind of an afternoon in a kind of very basic way to have a bed and to have a portable camping toilet and to have everything that you need to get on the road. But uh, as a friend of mine taught me that as a kind of life hack. Right on. Thank you. Yeah, I'll have to hit you up off the air for some more of those, or maybe that'll be the next episode. We'll just stack up some more life hacks. But uh, wow, cool. So yeah, again, Maybe in person, we'll do the next one, a rider van up to Porcupine Fest. And if you're listening, you're in the Northeast, maybe you should join us if you feel the calling. And of course, go support Etienne. The links are in the description. Until next time, folks, immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Be sure to go to www.governmentscam.com. Actually, that's government-scam.com. Make sure you put that dash in the middle. And, of course, you can go to the links in the description, theartofliberty.substack.com link, and subscribe. Be sure to check out everything that Etienne is putting together. I hope to see him porcupine fest if the stars align and we make ourselves make our way up there make an appearance at porcupine festival of course that is predicated upon whether or not we find the right vehicle um etienne told me that i can rent a rider van so maybe we'll do that but i do plan on uh do want to own my own van so maybe we'll just uh just shoot for that for now but anyways great episode really happy to have etienne back here on the show and i look forward to seeing him again of course you can see us at porcupine fest i don't know if tickets are still available but uh, we didn't go with tickets we just showed up and uh, found a spot of course help us out help us make our way there support us on substack support us on patreon support our sponsor the hit kit you can check them out at the hit kit on instagram or hitkit.us that's hitkit.us they've got some really killer products gadgets and pretty soon you'll be able to get a custom hit kit with my family thinks i'm crazy on it i don't know if it's going to be the logo or the full title i gotta send something over to my man garrett at the hit kit but uh yeah we'll see we'll see there will be a link very soon for that of course support us on the patreon 
you'll get your message read. You'll get your questions answered. I'm going to start answering questions and reading messages. Let's see if we have any messages in the Patreon. I think we do. All right. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, Ron, shout out to Ron Howard, Ron H., he sent me a question. This is an old one. Um, I did not get back to him yet, and I'm very sorry about that. Uh, you are still a patron. That's good. So, Ron, hopefully you're hearing this. I'm going to write you a message, actually, as well. But, uh, yeah, let's read your question, and this will get the ball rolling for more patrons to ask questions. And more people to sign up to the Patreon, you get bonus episodes, you get the episodes early, you get this episode two days ahead of time if you... I already signed up to the Patreon. Hey, what's up? Thanks for doing it. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, so let's get to Ron's question. Hey, man, this may be a trivial question. I've been interested in my birth chart and astrology in general. I'm having a hard time finding a website that can help me get that information that's well put together. I know I've heard you talk on this topic, and I was wondering if you would have any suggestions. I would appreciate any guidance. Thanks, man. Right. Yeah, Ron, I understand what you're going through. It is difficult. There's tons of websites out there that can do this for you. I don't know how uh, good this website is now, but Cafe Astrology used to be the place to go. If you just search Cafe Astrology on your browser, you will find it. Um, and yeah, what you want to look for is the natal chart. And then you just type in your birthday, time of birth, and where you're born, and they will give you your full natal chart. And that's a great place to start. You can also reach out to a friend of the show, Mike Wan, and countless other guests who do this as a sort of uh, service. They'll read your chart, you know, and give you maybe specified, specific, unique information based on maybe some other questions. I do recommend going that route if you're not happy with what you get from Cafe Astrology. And it is the, you know, basics. It's basically like a, you know, what it sounds like, a chart, you know. Um, and it isn't quite easy to read you, you know there are things like nodes and um, you know different aspects to each sign that someone like me has <laughs> difficulty explaining so yeah you might want somebody like Mike Wan or future guest Hope uh, to um, do that kind of chart reading for you um, actually, yeah, I think Hope does that with sidereal astrology. So does Mike at sidereal astrology. So wait for that episode and maybe listen to see what Hope has to say and, and check out what Mike offers because I know he does quite a lot for people to help them understand their astrology. So there you go. There's our question segment. Boom. We are done with that. And uh, yeah, please send some questions. Sign up for the Patreon and I will read your question. And give you a shout out. Thank you, Ron. Uh, speaking of Ron, there's another Ron friend. Ron, who will be, and he's also a Patreon supporter, um, who will be on the show very soon. And if you're a Rockfin supporter, you may have already checked out this episode because it came out a week early so over to rockfin check out the video versions of the show uh, the 
the show has already received a bunch of great comments so look forward to that coming out very soon uh, i apologize last week you know memorial day i put out an episode i really should have just skipped memorial day and put that episode out on a wednesday since i was only putting out one episode that week anyways so my apologies to anyone who was expecting two episodes last week but uh yeah you got one really good one with jason and he will be returning on the show soon to get back into all of that great stuff and uh yeah jason's a hell of a guy he invited me to come uh, visit him where he stays uh, not too far away from me so yeah i maybe that'll be one of the other trips i take aside from porcupine fest tara and i might go up to uh to visit Jason and maybe do a podcast in person. That is the goal. Maybe uh, by this summer, maybe by the fall, hopefully by next month, uh, to have a van and a, a mobile podcast studio, which is a lot simpler than that may sound. All you need is some mobile road mics and uh, yeah, some other equipment that isn't worth talking about here now so anyways thank you folks for tuning in to this episode with etienne de la boutique this is a uh, episode 290 something we're almost at episode 300 i'm not quite sure what i'm gonna do for episode 300 yet so uh, stay tuned for that it's gonna be a big one and uh yeah thank you for tuning in folks Enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now. My family dancing crazy. Baby, baby, baby. Maybe, maybe. I'm a little extra terrestrial. Trying to stay human in a cesspool of professionals. But I confess too much off of the tongue. All my aunties and my uncles shield the ears of the young. I be saying shit and they don't know where it's coming from. In like a hundred years, we went saw bomb before guns. Check the facts, check the Fed, check the stars Stanley Mines was murked for a while to fuel cell car They each stay on, you can stick with your old ways But eat the rich and drink the motherfucking Kool-Aid And I can see the red on your lip stain White skin, blue collar, pure American made Fuck it, you can keep your blood soaked heritage And run the soul off the moon landed narrative Yeah, my girl thinks that I'm embarrassing My folks think I'm nuts, but never question the parenting Stuck in bed, so my boss thinks I'm lazy Connecting dots, but it's all kinda hazy. The morning in the net, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy. My pack thinks I'm on American and shady. Yeah, I'm feeling unhinged lately. Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily. You could tell me that the president's an alien that wouldn't phase me. My family thinks I'm crazy. Think that I'm off in the deep end. One too many Netflix docs on the weekends. But check the budget for a military defense. Tell me we ain't scared of something not within reason. Steel beams, another 1492. And 9-11 was the red, white, and blue. And you be lit off the floor, I ain't got a clue. All your dreams just shit on a Rockefeller shoes. Don't believe a damn thing a politician ever said. Ain't one brick left to go up in the Fed. They still got bricks of cocaine to make crack. Oxy's killing the working class, FDA's whack. 
Talking like this, got kin talking behind backs. Too much to unpack, so they talk smack. And I'm just trying to converse with my clan, but it ain't fan. So I'm here setting up camp. Stuck in bed, so my boss thinks I'm lazy. Connecting dots, but it's all kind of hazy. Good morning in the net, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy. My pack thinks I'm on American and shady. Yeah, I'm feeling unhinged lately. Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily. You could tell me that the president's an alien, it wouldn't phase me. My family thinks I'm crazy. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.